Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics. Hello and welcome to this edition of Seder Stories. My name is Curtis Stoichoff. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode today, and we hope all of our listeners have enjoyed a safe and healthy holiday season. We're lucky to be joined today by none other than Director of Athletics, Marcus Blossom. Marcus, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Thanks for having me, Curtis. Um, now, today we're really going to dive in to what the semester is going to look like for us here in athletics. Uh, but first, it's been a while since we've talked to you here on Seder Stories, Marcus. So I just wanted to check in with you really quick. Um, I hope you and your family enjoyed a safe and healthy holiday. Um, how you personally have been doing over these last four months or so of the school year. Well, yeah, first off, uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Um, you know, the last four months has, have been full of of working, trying to, you know, provide our student athletes with um, either a, a quality playing experience or for, for unfortunately, for most of our student athletes uh, during this pandemic, a, a practice experience either here on campus or also uh, working with our coaches uh, to make sure um, they're staying in touch and in tune with our student athletes that could not make it to campus and making them making sure they feel connected to not only the team, but also to the college um, in preparation for hopefully a return to campus in the spring semester. So it's been, it's been a full semester. It's been good to get back to campus and watch some of our teams competing. And I, I am really looking forward to, uh, to what's to come here in the spring. Right. And then just to dive in a little bit deeper to the fall really quick. Um, how do, things, how do you feel things went here on campus um, and maybe what adjustments did we have to make to overcome those? You know, I guess first and foremost, I, I think uh, our student athletes and coaches really did their best um, to follow all, our, all of our COVID protocols to, to mitigate the risk and spread of the virus. So I think our, you know, our community here did a, a really good job. I think the college itself did a, a really fine job of, of communicating uh, what was expected uh, of us, um, the testing. I think our testing platform was, was really one of the best um, that, I've, uh, that I'm aware of um, just by talking to other colleagues in the, in the industry. Um, so I think those two things uh, went over uh, very well. I think our student athletes, although many were disappointed in not being able to come back in the fall. I, I think they showed some resilience and some some uh, a level of understanding, um, understanding of the situation we are currently in and those that were able to come back to train. Um, you know, we had a, a good amount of student athletes, Curtis, that although they were not on campus, they, they moved uh, to the Worcester area. I think there was a couple hundred of those and they were given access to campus to train in the fall. I think that was very productive and, and the student athletes that were allowed to be on campus. Um, I think they, they took that opportunity and, and ran with it and, and were really appreciative of, uh, of that opportunity to, to be here to train to compete. Uh, hockey teams are competing. They were the first team to, to start to, to compete. Um, and they've they've competed their butts off and have represented um, themselves well and, and we just started with our men's and women's basketball teams. We're off and running so to speak and uh, 
hopefully more to come soon. Right. Yeah, it's definitely been great to be able to see um, those who have been able to be here back on campus, um, training, getting better. Um, so now the plan right now for the spring is to have both fall and spring sports competing during the semester. Um, how much can you share with us right now about what those seasons will look like? Yeah, that is the plan, uh, Curtis. The plan for, for uh, first and foremost, for the fall sports uh, teams that had their seasons in the fall postponed is to have uh, a truncated um, season in the spring. Um, truncated meaning, you know, not only um, from a number standpoint, meaning a shortened schedule, but uh, all of our fall teams will also have a Patriot League only schedule, except for, um, you know, those teams that normally don't compete in Patriot League only as it stands. And, and, and I think when I, I think about those fall sports, I think about across country, so to speak, they, they may just have a, 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 a cross country event or, or a championship of some sort. I think swimming is categorized technically as a as a as a winter sport, but that's also one of those sports that don't necessarily compete head to head with all of our all our pitcher league peers anyway. But for the most part, all of our fall sports will be will have a, a smaller pitcher league only schedule. The spring sports, um, uh, their schedule will be dictated uh, by their arrival, uh, as you know. The arrival of our all of our students, um, especially those student athletes that were planning to arrive early, they pushed back a little bit because of Governor Baker's uh, in the state of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts order um, right around uh, Christmas Day. So they were supposed to arrive a little bit earlier than they currently are arriving on January 18th through January 22nd. Um, the plan for those spring sports was to have a limited form of, of non-conference competition prior to Patriot League. Um, but that ability is basically depends on um, those teams' ability to get up and running and have the, the, the right amount of, of practice and preparation prior to the competition. So we hope to be able to have a non-conference non-conference competition or two for for our spring sports, but uh, because of being pushed back, it'll be largely Patriot League competition as well. So I know now one obvious concern with a lot of you know, student athletes and their families was just in general getting the chance to compete this year with everything going on. Um, how important was it to you to ensure that every student athlete would at least get the opportunity to compete this year? Well, that's interesting. I think that's the the one thing that that everyone has struggled with, um, myself included, Curtis, I think you used the word ensure, uh, which implies that I have total control over the situation. And, and I think we all have struggled uh, with not being in control of, of decisions and obviously the course of the virus. So, you know, I wouldn't say that I was trying to ensure um, that we all had the ability to compete, uh, but it was it was vitally important to me, and I, you know, my 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 goal was to do whatever I I could and and whatever our staff could do to, to put ourselves in position um, to be able to compete. Obviously, with 
you know, many factors contributing to that ultimate decision, whether it's the, the state of Massachusetts, you know, the course of the virus, uh, the, the Patriot Council of Presidents, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, decisions or decision-making um, entities that play a role, but my goal was to, to put us in the best position to compete, especially for those seniors, you know, those seniors having that that last opportunity to wear the, the purple uh, uniform, uh, I know how important that is. So uh, especially for those seniors, it was, it was very important to me to put, our, put ourselves in position. So, I mean, I guess one more question kind of on this general topic. Um, obviously playing two seasons at once, fall and spring in the same semester will take a lot from a lot of people. Um, can you talk a little bit about what kind of planning actually goes into doing accomplishing something like that and then what impact will it have on the department as a whole? Yeah, it's going to be a very, very tough task, um, especially for uh, your staff, Curtis, <laughs> media relations staff, uh, our facility and operations staff, uh, our athletic training staff, um, you know, it's really going to task or tax those staff uh, groups. So, you know, what, we, what we're going to try to do is we have to be flexible with our practice schedules, especially with the academic calendars being longer throughout the day. Uh, we're going to have to be flexible. Um, we're going to have to be willing to, to spend, you know, all day Saturday and Sunday at games. And I'm sure our task, our, our staff, uh, excuse me, is up to the task. Um, but you know, it's important. That's important for us to provide our students with, with that experience. You know, I may have to do something special for the staff after the spring for, for what type of uh, spring they're going to have. But you know, we wouldn't have it any other way if, if we could uh, use the word ensure again. If that was to ensure that our teams uh, have the abilities to compete, then we're all for it. Um, I think we touched on this slightly earlier, but when student-athletes do start arriving back on campus, yes, we, it's, the state has been pushed back um, due to the state guidelines. Uh, but once they are here back on campus, how does it work? How do we start to phase them back into the campus, campus community and back into practice safely? Well, we're, we're, um, we'll have a, a phase-in, a specific phase-in approach based on the sport. Each sport requires a, a certain amount of time to practice, to, to weight lift, to, to, to strength and condition uh, prior to, to engaging in, in Division I competition. And, and that time will vary based on the sport. Uh, so we'll make sure that each one of our sports is, you know, our sport teams are prepared uh, to play, um, especially those teams that have been off quite a bit of time, right? So they have to be physically able um, to, to compete in order to primarily to prevent injury. Uh, so we want to make sure that we put them, put them in position to be, to be successful. For, so for most of our teams, it's probably uh, between five and six weeks of preparation. So that's why um, the spring sport move-in being pushed back to uh, the week of January 18th. Um, probably uh, maybe removes the ability to play a non-conference game or so because I anticipate most of our Patriot League competition is starting around uh, the week of March 6th or March 13th. 
except for uh, maybe a sport or two that may start uh, slightly earlier. Right. Um, and so now we do anticipate those schedules for those fall and spring sports uh, to be announced relatively soon. Um, but can you give us a breakdown any more than we already have of what those schedules might look like? Yeah, as I mentioned, most will be uh, Patriot League only. The fall will be mostly all Patriot League only. The spring, um, Patriot League only, depending on their preparation and the ability to prepare for a potential non-conference game prior uh, to Patriot League competition. Um, it would also be a little bit more regional, as you see from our, our uh, men's ice hockey schedule and also our basketball schedule. Now, the, the goal for the spring sports, not particularly the fall sports, is if you think about the spring, they play late until May, um, or at least until early May uh, for the most part. So I anticipate us to be able to stretch that regional competition a little more than, than, than what we're able to do uh, early in basketball and hockey, because uh, hopefully, you know, obviously with them being outdoor sports, and uh, with the weather being uh, you know, differently than it is in the winter, and then, you know, the virus spreads less outdoors, we're gonna hopefully allow them to be able to travel a little bit further uh, to engage in, in uh, competition with some of our other um, Patriot League um, partners that aren't in our region. Um, now, I know a bunch of people are definitely clamoring to find out more about the coming football season. Um, can you touch on that a little bit and maybe give us anything that you might not really know? What I can share is um, the fall schedule will be coming out here very soon. It will be just like the other sports I mentioned, a, a, a truncated Patriot League schedule. Um, not all of the teams in the Patriot League have committed to playing football in the spring, so that's another reason why the schedule will be smaller uh, than it normally is, um, but we're excited. I know our football student athletes are excited to come back. I think our first weekend of competition, I, I can't share this, I think it's the week of the weekend of, of March 13th. So hopefully when they arrive uh, on the week of January 18th, um, that time gives them uh, good enough. It's not ideal because they weren't here in the fall as a team um, so they're a little bit behind the eight ball, unfortunately, but hopefully between January 18th and, and March 13th or so, um, that gives them enough time to be able to prepare to compete. All right. And then specifically talking about fans um, in the spring semester, I mean, you can add to this. At this time, I believe that spectators won't be allowed to attend games in person this spring due to state and institutional regulations. And obviously, as the situation continues, um, we'll monitor it. And as those state and institutional regulations change, things could change. But as of right now, that's what the, um, the good news is that we will have a robust broadcast package in partnership with ESPN Plus all year. So teams or fans will be able to cheer on our teams from home. Um, but that's kind of the direction we're going right now, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, you, know, you just uh, mentioned state regulations currently don't allow, you know, us to have crowds over a certain capacity. So that would uh, prevent us from being able to have fans, but I'm not gonna close the door on it. Things could change, you know, 
March, April, or May, I love to be able to be in a situation where possibly on senior day, you know, we could invite uh, parents of our seniors to campus. Um, you, know, you know, obviously we're not in that situation as of, as of yet, but you know, that would be, um, that would be a great situation for us if we were able to do that. But currently, um, no fans at the games. Right, definitely. That would be something great if we were able to do that. But obviously, you know, health and safety of all our student athletes and staff, family, everyone comes first. So um, why don't we talk a little bit about the teams that we do have playing right now, um, basketball and hockey. Basketball did start up this week. Um, what have you seen from those teams so far, both in their first couple of games and in practice so far? I mean, what do you hope to see as the season progresses? I thought they, you know, they were very excited to play. That's the one thing I, I did notice. They've been practicing hard against each other for a month or so. So that was their first competition against someone other than themselves. Um, but I look forward to their growth uh, over the year. This is Coach McGarry's first year. Um, she has um, some newcomers on the team and some, some other student athletes that will have expanded roles this year. So it'll be a new experience for them. And as most people know, our men's basketball team has players as well, uh, six freshmen, two transfers. Uh, so I expect that team to get better uh, over time as they get accustomed to playing with each other and get uh, experience um, as they go from freshmen to, to a little bit older than freshmen over the course of the season. Right now, and then in terms of hockey, um, obviously Hockey East did announce uh, earlier this year that all 10 teams on the women's side will make the postseason this year. Um, and then with the men in Atlantic hockey, that's always the case. Uh, this is the first year that we get to see both of these programs in Division One postseason action. What specifically about that excites you? You know, uh, what excites me about that is the opportunity to, to grow. I, I think... You know, I think the men's team really had a chance, if I recall, the uh, postseason series last season. I think it was against Robert Morris. I think they they had a chance or, you know, really won that series. But obviously things, you know, the puck doesn't bounce your way. So I'd be I'm very excited to see if they could take that next step, um, you know, and, and maybe advance in the postseason. But how this season has been going across the country in, in hockey and basketball. If we could just get to that point, Curtis, that would be an accomplishment with all the pauses and, you know, the quarantining and, and those things. So we'll get to the postseason <laughs> once we get to that point, uh, not going wood. And obviously with our, our, our women's team, uh, you know, having, having not been in the hockey East for a long period of time, this would be a, you know, uh, definitely a step forward if they get you know, in that first round and compete uh, and, and start to take take some steps towards being the, uh, a really, really competitive Hockey East team. So uh, good news for both of those programs, but uh, we'll see if we can get to that point. Right, definitely. Both, definitely both of those hockey teams have picked up some good wins so far this year, um, but definitely fingers crossed that things keep going smoothly and we get to actually get there and play those games. Right, so we just have a few more questions for you today just to wrap some things up. Um, so what are some ways that you've been able to stay connected with coaches and student athletes throughout this fall semester, even though not everyone has been here competing as normal? Yeah, I think the connection 
to the student athletes has been the, the toughest piece. Um, normally I like to uh, go to practices and, and, and be around them much more than I have in the fall, but I've been really conscious about really staying away in the fall. Um, you know, the way the virus spreads, I, I, I don't want to be the one to, to catch the virus and, and be the reason our teams can't compete. So I purposely stayed away from from practices um, this fall um, with our coaches, you know, we meet regularly. Um, we have monthly head coaches meetings and, you know, the coaches, you know, a lot of our coaches I, I talk to regularly as well as our sport administrators have, you know, the weekly or, or bi-monthly meetings with our head coaches to, to make sure we're providing them with the things they need um, to give our student athletes the best experience as, as possible. Um, I think our student athletes are, are zoomed out, uh, so to speak, but I do plan to, to have a Zoom here um, with our, our captains of all of our teams arriving on the week of January 18th, just to talk about some of the campus expectations and what to look forward to as they embark on a, on a spring season here. So what is the best way for fans and for Crusader Nation moving forward to stay up to date on all our news and all the info, everything Holy Cross Athletics? You know, we're really excited about uh, our partnership with, with ESPN Plus. Um, you know, we I think we had some hiccups with the broadcast um, yesterday afternoon, but, you know, we want to put together a really quality broadcast for as many sports as we possibly can. Now, we won't able to do every sport based on facility and also based on so many games going on at once because of fall and spring sports playing together in the spring. But I, I think the broadcast is going to be very important to keep our, our parents for one, uh, our alums, and then also our fans who aren't alums engaged with our sport teams. And I think our media relations staff has done a good job um, with, with social media, and with some of their game day uh, interaction with the fans as well. So we plan to take what we've learned uh, thus far in the fall and in the winter and try to improve on those in the spring. Great. And then just what part of this coming semester, um, getting people back on campus, hopefully playing games, uh, what part excites you the most? Um, that's a good question. I, I think there's probably a couple of things that excite me the most. Um, for one, just, just seeing how um, student athletes getting back together with their teammates and their coaches uh, to practice and compete, how it affects them on, the, on a daily basis. I think um, it will have a tremendously positive effect on their overall experience uh, here at Holy Cross. So I'm excited about that. Quite frankly, I'm excited about potentially the, the ability to have a, a graduation. Uh, those, those things, if I think about the seniors from last year, not being able to, to walk across that stage to get that, that diploma, I, I look forward to possibly um, having that experience or our students at least have that experience um, this spring. So I, I think probably I'm looking forward forward to that that the most curse. great well marcus that's all we have for you today thanks again for chatting with us um, i think a lot of people are really going to be interested in hearing what you had to say today 
Thanks, Curtis. Uh, happy New Year to Seder Nation and uh, go Seders. Hopefully, you all can turn uh, tune into um, as many games as possible here in the winter and spring. Thanks a lot. All right, that was Director of Athletics Marcus Blossom. I'm Curtis Stoichoff, and that's going to do it for this episode of Seder Stories. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at GoHolyCross, as well as check in on GoHolyCross.com for all the latest news and info on all things Holy Cross Athletics. For now, we're saying goodbye here on Seder Stories. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross Athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!